Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers Podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is James Dreer. I'm joined here by Tyler Big Herbie Herbach. What up? And Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. Yellow. We are the Fantasy Football Fathers, and this is our podcast. This is our first year recording the show, um, but we've all been playing fantasy football for many, many years. About a 40-year combined or more total in the years category there for us. Uh, so we've had a lot of success, and um, I hope to share that knowledge with you. So if you're new to the show, you can find us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Um, that's where we post all of our shows, um, links to our little podcast website and, um, fantasy football content. So, uh, make sure you hit us up on there. Um, so far this, this season, we've like, just been, huh? What's that? I was gonna say, this is usually when I jump in and I get all boasty about how right. accurate we are. I your, yeah. I forgot your, your boasting, uh, segment. Why not you <laughs> No, I was gonna say usually I get all boasty here, but I got my ass whipped this week. So I can't even <laughs> boast about how accurate I it am. It was a rough week, I think, for every single fantasy football manager. If you're able to squeak by with a win somehow this week, uh good good to you. Um but I think it was like a record low for touchdowns scored in the NFL this week. Thought I read something along those lines. But it was really, really Didn't low. Didn't I call it? Did you? Remember I was saying this is like a good week for defenses. Oh, it's yeah. Just like right. Everything just seems so low scoring. I remember we were looking at the over-unders like we do for our start sits, and they were all so low. They were all around like 40 points. Yeah, a lot yeah. of low over-unders. I remember that for sure. And it's somehow Vegas always knows. Somehow. Um, they control the weather. Just- just a weird week in general, like the Detroit Lions smashing the Arizona Cardinals. You know, I like that type of shit. I just don't see coming <laughs> ever. Remember how we were talking about the plus 13 on the Lions game and we're like, uh, looks juicy again, but we got burned on it last week. And then, of course, this week they not only cover, but they win. But uh, getting off topic there a little bit. Anyways, uh <laughs> For today, we have our waiver wire for week 16. Uh, we're going to go through some of the hot names and give you our opinions um, and how we feel about each player. So, uh, <coughs> bless you, excuse you. Uh, <laughs> All right. Good day, everybody. Doctor. Uh, blowing COVID everywhere. But, um, yeah, oh, so virtual. this week, it, it can be crucial, though, this week in the waiver wire heading into the semifinals uh, for those of you that are still in the playoffs like myself. Um, <laughs> okay. um, so anyways, let's get right into it. Um, we're going to kind of go by position. These are in no rank or order, but I'm sure we'll kind of obviously give you our favorites as we move along. But uh, let's start with the running back position here. Uh, Craig Reynolds of the Detroit Lions. That's a nice running back name, right, Trey? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like oh, a running man, back. Might be one of my worst takes ever, but wasn't <laughs> I so right? Some might say. Uh, Craig Reynolds is rostered in 6% <laughs> of leagues. 
he was just officially signed to the roster, um, uh, the active roster through 2022. Um, and I think a lot of his value hinges on the fact whether or not, I think they'll sit Swift for the rest of the year. I've been saying that for the last couple of weeks, but um, Jamal Williams might be coming back next week. So a lot of his value hinges on that and Jamal Williams' status. But how do you guys feel about Craig Reynolds this week? Are you going in for him pretty hard? Or <laughs> are you uh, spending some fab on him uh, if you have any left? Or what do you think? Um, I mean, I'm not going to spend a ton on him because, you know, Jamal Williams is coming back. And that's is going to really, you know, probably because touches at least in half, if not more. So... The S stuff. Plus, there's other guys on the waiver wire that are should be uh, ahead of him. Just you know, plain and simple. Yeah, is uh, yeah. I totally agree. Honestly, um, it was just a Jamal Williams coming back. He's just going to take a lot of the touches away. It's we, there's better is, names that we're about to be naming. Is Jamal Williams going to be back for sure though? Because I think he's. Is it just COVID or is it injury related as well? Uh, just COVID. So, I mean, it's not guaranteed. He could still test positive throughout next week. You know, we every, everyone's a little different. Um, but doesn't mean that – I mean, he's more than likely back. Okay. Um, it, You know, either way, if, if you don't end up with, like, honestly, Ronald, Ronald Jones, obviously, or, you know, some of the other guys, he's still a nice stash just in case um, – Williams doesn't come back for some reason because he takes on a workhorse role when he's the only guy in town. So um, definitely worth a stash, but yeah, I wouldn't spend a ton of fab. Uh, Duke Johnson had himself a game coming back and believe it or not, I was, I was in and out of this game. I wasn't obviously watching every play. I was in and out of it, but Duke Johnson looked pretty good. Like um, I was, genuinely surprised and obviously he's been a player for a long time but um just coming back and getting back into it he looked he looked good uh he's rostered in two percent of leagues 22 attempts 107 yards and two touchdowns and one catch for 20 yards against the jets it was the jets though so is it fool's gold or do you think miami turns to duke johnson the rest of the season heavily Trey, you there? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> That's when you guys talk is when I finish. <laughs> you guys are supposed to say something. <laughs> My bad. I, I, I was reading this real quick. I thought everybody was going to jump in there. But um, it looks like there's kind of like a general per- perception that they're just going to try him out for the next couple games. Between like him and Gaskin and Ahmed, Like they're just going to see who's looking the best towards the end of the year. If that makes sense, they're just going to try all three out. So if it's going to be a committee like that, I'm definitely not interested. Yeah, I mean, he definitely comes in even below Craig Reynolds in terms of like the guy I want to pick up in the running back position this week. It's just Gaskin and Ahmed Salvin or whatever, whatever his name is, um, is they're both expected back. So I, I'm, I'm sure because of the way he played, uh, Duke Johnson will have a role in it. But if this becomes, you know, likely more of a committee backfield as it kind of seems like it's going to, then you don't want any part of it in terms of like your starting lineup. You, you know what backfield this sounds like is, uh, it reminds me of the Texans backfield. 
which is ironic because we're talking about Duke Johnson. But it's really going to be like three running backs who like are all pretty decent, you know. And it's just going to be really hard to t- decide who you want to start and get eight points from. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, if you started Duke, you got more than that this week. But I could see it being more of a committee approach going forward. I, I truly do believe, though, that um, next year Miami's looking for a permanent replacement for Miles Gaskin. Um, so I think his long-term value is diminishing by the week. Um, and just proves with Duke Johnson coming in off the streets and getting majority of the work, like, and looking better than Miles Gaskin and Ahmed. So, <laughs> um, I, I'm with you guys though. I think that's a lot, uh, for right now, for next week, for the playoffs, that's a lot of, um, that's really going all in if you're trusting Duke Johnson in your lineup, but worth a stash, you know, for that running back depth. Um, Ronald Jones, boy, oh boy, I was lucky enough um, to swoop him up. <laughs> Me and Trey were just league. talking about that before you came on too. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, I don't know how you figured how you like landed that. It was crazy. Man, I, I can actually see the future, so um, <laughs> that helps a lot with fantasy football. But, uh, yeah, I was lucky to swoop him up before they played, and turns out Leonard Fournette is looking likely to miss one week for sure, possibly two weeks. Um, And depending on how they finish out the season, they could really just sit him for the playoffs. So Ronald Jones is looking like he could, uh, you know, be an instant RB1 because uh, Giovanni Bernard is also hurt. So, how do you guys feel about Rojo? Just like if he's still available on wa- waivers in your league somehow, or are you 100% fab with whatever you got left? Yes, without question. Yeah, I had to look at the rest of the guys on our list before I decided, but yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, he's the guy, like, he'll probably be the name of the week, really. Like, I'll scan over this list. Yeah, he's got to be the name of the week for oh, for sure. Yeah. As soon as yeah. Leonard Fournette went down, I was like, yeah, he's the number one waiver wire pickup. And I was pretty thankful that I managed to pick him up before that yeah. happened. Yeah. Yeah. I just, complete stroke of luck for, for Jimbo there. Uh, <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey, it's a little skill, a little bit of, you know, <laughs> anticipation, no. right? We that talked actually, about looking up these handcuffs, though. And R- Ronald Jones is one yep. of the more valuable handcuffs in the league. As yeah. far as ability goes, for whatever reason, I mean, he was rostered in our league for whatever reason that that guy dropped him. Um, for I think Royce Freeman, so that was good job for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, with with Ronald Jones, I mean, it's so weird how like the exact opposite thing happened at the end of last year, where he was a lead back, got hurt, and then Leonard Fournette came in and just tore up the entire playoffs. And Bruce Arians said that he goes, I expect Ronald Jones to do the exact same thing this year. Like it's his backfield, it's his thing, and he's gonna and he should, you know, have a huge, huge game. I'm sure they're gonna lean on him. You know, yeah, they the... play the Jets in two weeks. Yep. That hammy keeps acting up. Ooh wee. That's like guaranteed money. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You mean on championship Sunday? On championship yes. week, yeah, yeah. So he, he's going to be a league winner for for people. I'm telling you, um, and hopefully yep. myself included in that. Um, but I got some some giants to face as I try to get to championship Sunday. 
Well, I, I threw that out there if his hamstring's still acting up before Nets is, you know, two weeks from now. Kind of a prayer, but if it is, man, that's nice. Yeah, like I said, I could see them really sitting Fournette even longer than they need to through the rest of the regular season just to make sure he's healthy for the playoffs. So, um, Because now the Packers are a game ahead of the Buccaneers, I believe, for the number one seed. Um, yeah. So obviously they're going to come out and try to win next week. But if the Packers win another game, it, that one seed almost is out of reach for the Bucks. So I could see them sitting key guys and waiting for the playoffs. Um, and obviously I think we should just touch on the wide receiver situation real quick with Chris Godwin now out for the season. Um, and Mike Evans dealing with some health issues. If Antonio Brown is somehow available, um, go pick him up as well. I was looking, he's like around 70% rostered in a lot of leagues. So it's pretty unlikely, but you know, there's definitely a chance. Yeah. But he could be he could be huge for you uh, down the stretch. One league that uh, you guys aren't in, I actually picked him up last week as well, just because I saw him there on the waivers. I was like, wow, I will grab him. I didn't know you joined the league with kindergartners. <laughs> it is. And that's uh, why you didn't invite us, huh? It is somewhat easier. Hey, I'm trying to win some money, man. <laughs> um, moving on though, or last. Or we got a couple more running backs here. Jeff Wilson, uh, rostered in fifty five percent of leagues. Um, it's not looking great for Elijah Mitchell. Um, was dealing with that concussion. He got out of concussion protocol, but now he's having some swelling in the knee. Um, and Bruce Arians was not, or Bruce Arians, um, Shanahan was not optimistic about Elijah Mitchell being back for because they have a quick turnaround for Thursday night football this week. Um, so Jeff Wilson, definitely worth, uh, a pickup with Mitchell likely out. Yeah. Without question. Uh, then moving on, Justin Jackson rostered in 7%. <laughs> yeah, that's a quick, that's uh, a quick explanation. Anything else or you just want me to talk the whole time? <laughs> I can't do, you know what I mean? I got all right, you want me to move on? I thought Trey was going <laughs> to jump in on something here. Hey, thanks for the insight. Thanks, guys. Um, I, I was I was diving deep on his stats and totally zoned out, honestly. <laughs> He's definitely a pickup, yeah. The chemistry's not as good when we're doing it virtually. <laughs> Normally, we're in person. And this is a little wonky having to do it from, you know, from afar. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say off the top of my head, uh, Wilson looked good last week, but uh, a lot of game script went his way also in that game. So um, I think that helped his fantasy output because we saw a lot of Debo literally getting touches like a a running back out of the backfield. Um, And a lot of those were the valuable touches inside the red zone. So it is sketchy starting Jeff Wilson. Like if Elijah Mitchell is back, he's 100% in my lineup um, and I'm starting him if he's active because it's different when Mitchell's in Debo can stick to his receiver, you know, uh, role and they can rely on Mitchell out of the backfield. But when Mitchell's out, it's kind of a crap shoot with Jeff Wilson. And Jeff Wilson did play 88% of the snaps, which is pretty nice to see. Yeah. 
Yeah, but he's not always getting the rushing attempts, you know. Um, a lot of times, you saw a lot of Debo, like the last few weeks. Uh, Justin Jackson is next on our list, rostered in 7% of leagues. Um, he actually outsnapped Eckler last week uh, because Eckler's still recovering from that ankle injury. Um, he had 6.6 yards per carry and 83 yards total on the day. And looked pretty good um so he he's an obvious handcuff right to Eckler but you know Eckler I think is also now in COVID protocol as of today Tuesday uh, yeah yeah that is accurate no he's not in it he um he just didn't practice today there was seven chargers placed on the COVID list but he's not among them but that doesn't mean that, that oh. COVID's spreading around the facility for sure, which means, yeah, it puts even more emphasis on how good of a handcuff Justin Jackson is. We were talking about him last week, weren't we? Yeah, because we were deciding between him and uh, Josh Kelly, and we all decided like Justin Jackson is definitely the guy. Yeah. That's weird. I don't know why. why it does say COVID, COVID on sleep. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, but then if you read the when you read the the article, it says he wasn't among the seven plays. So I don't yeah. know. Keep an eye on it, but that's, that's what we should say. Yeah, either way, Justin Jackson worth a stash, uh, especially in deeper leagues. Um, given the status of Eckler and the injury, and you could see more of a split next week as well. Well, honestly, with COVID going around, I think that really makes him pretty interesting. I definitely keep an eye on him. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on to the receivers, Amon Ross St. Brown, rostered in 35% of leagues. Um, he's had some big games the last three weeks, at least target-wise. In the last couple of weeks, he's had you know a nice fantasy output. Um, I think he's had like 12, 12, and 11 targets in the last three weeks. And has finished in the top seven two of those three weeks. So, how do you guys feel about Amon Ross St. Brown? Is he like your top option at the receiver position on the waiver wire this week? Uh, yeah, honestly, probably. I mean, the waiver wire for receivers isn't great this week. Um, there's a lot of like up in the air guys, but I mean, the three week span of showing that like he is the lead guy in that receiving core i think you know should make you want to roster him roster him in all leagues uh you know Auburn rossing around was one of my guys at the very beginning of the year and it took a while for us to get to this point which is you know i'm, I'm happy that he finally did but i was you know i'm on record saying that our matchup episode last week that i was really wary about playing him last week just because hawkinson hawkinson was gonna be out <laughs> and he's Hawkinson. Hawkinson was going to be out, and so he showed he's still that guy even with him out. So um, at this point, I think he should be picked up in all leagues. And honestly, I think it looks like he should be started in all leagues. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, that their schedule, they play the Falcons next, and then they play the Seahawks in Championship Week. So I mean, that looks pretty good because those are yeah. two very bad pass defenses. And I was just looking at Jared Goff's stats because obviously, I mean, they're both doing better later in the season. And Jared Goff didn't throw for consecutive touchdowns like 
at all all year until like the last four weeks. And now he's throwing for multiple touchdowns every game. So maybe they figured something out and they're going to play worse defenses the next couple of weeks. So it, it should be nice, hopefully. Um, you know, actually what's kind of funny about the Detroit Lions offense kind of going like turning around. It's that Dan Campbell started calling the plays. Oh, really? Took the plays on. Yeah, I think, on, I think it was on Thanksgiving. He took over play calling duties from the OC. Even though he's never been an offensive coordinator, uh, he's always been like a special teams guy or a defensive guy. Right. So the fact that he's like, hey, I got this is kind of impressive, and it makes me like him just a little bit more. Yeah, He's for played sure. Madden before. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you know, one thing with this team is, you know, they're not just going to lie down and, you know, lose every game. Like, they're going to play tough. and. No, they're going to go down and bite some kneecaps. Yeah, they're going to bite some kneecaps yeah. on the way up. <laughs> so, yeah, you can't you can't um you can't come into the game just expecting an easy day or an easy win because Cardinals did that and some of them are missing some kneecaps now. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I really like Amon Ross St. Brown. Um I think he should be picked up and probably played in, you know, those deeper leagues or you know, where you have multiple flex positions. Stuff like that. I, um, I kind of feel like even in your standard like ten or twelve team league, twelve for yeah. sure. I think he's, yeah, I think you could flex him with that oh, type definitely. of target share. Yeah, I mean they're obviously going to the guy, and we liked his skill set and his ability at the beginning of the year, um, and it's really showing now. And I think a lot of that has to do also with the acquisition of uh, Josh Reynolds, who's rostered in seven percent of leagues. Um. Like we've been talking about a little bit, he seems to be opening up the field for them, kind of taking on that deep threat role uh, that was supposed to be Trey's boy Tyrell Williams um, all year. So, moment of silence. Moment of silence. <laughs> uh, Josh Reynolds last week, six targets, six receptions, 68 yards, and a touchdown. Um, for those deeper leagues, you know, I would start Amon Ross St. Brown before I started Josh Reynolds, but still. Reynolds' usage in the back half of the season since they picked him up has been encouraging. And if you watch the games, they like to go to him with those valuable targets. Yeah, he's a lot less consistent than Amon Ra. I mean, I definitely like the role that he brought to the Lions that you were talking about. But, man, as far as playing him, oh, gosh. I'd maybe throw him in like my second flex position. It was a super or not a super flex league, but like a, a two flex position league, you know? Yeah, it's definitely deeper, but he does get some valuable targets. He's a red zone threat. So you could do worse. Yeah. Hey, he's he's a nice snapper. Yeah, he he's a definitely deep league play though, for sure. Yeah. Um, this next guy, Gabriel Davis, rostered in 20% of leagues. We talked about him a little bit last week with Emmanuel Sanders going down. Um, he took full advantage this week. He led the Bills. Uh, yeah, he led the Bills in receiving last week. Uh, yeah, I lost my spot there. Seven targets, five receptions, 82 yards, and put up two touchdowns, uh, making that three games in a row. Um, it looks like Gabriel Davis has a real role when Emmanuel Sanders is out. So a lot of it, again, hinges on Sanders' health, but 
Gabriel Davis showed, and I actually played him in a league where I was out of options, and I'm glad I did because <laughs> um, he's winning me that, that week. But he, he can definitely be added. Uh, I kind of agree. This it, it all hinges on if Emmanuel Sanders is available. Like, um, I was reading into it, and it, um, it seems like they're kind of like resting him. If that makes sense. Um, so if they continue to do that, then I do, I do like Gabriel Davis for sure. But it's another deep league play. I mean, at this point, I'm still all Amon Ra. Like that is definitely the guy. Yeah, I think I, it is tough. I mean, I feel like at this point he's probably earned more playing time, whether or not Sanders is in the lineup or not. But the second Sanders comes back and he starts to lose some of those some of those snaps, it makes it really hard to put him in your lineup. Yeah, for sure. Definitely a, a risky play. Uh, but like I said, in those really deep leagues where you're running out of options, if Sanders is out, I think he's playable for sure. If Sanders is back, then that's a real question mark. Uh, but well, Sanders, I mean, older guy, it's likely they sit him while, as they try to make the playoffs here and, and get him back for the playoff. So would you start Gabriel Davis or Josh Reynolds? Uh, if Sanders is out, 100% Gabriel Davis. But if Sanders is back, probably Josh Reynolds. Yeah, I'm with that. Tyler, you got you gonna give us your opinion? Oh. <laughs> I, I, I was I was gonna concur. For free. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I concur. He gave uh, us the beard scratch. Yeah. <laughs> beard scratch of approval. <laughs> um we touched on the Buccaneers wide receivers earlier, and obviously if Antonio Brown is already rostered. Um, you could take a look at Scotty Miller rostered in 4% or Tyler Johnson rostered in 6%. Uh, both of them played over 75% of snaps. Chris Godwin out for the season with the torn ACL. Evans also dealing with the hamstring, which is a lingering injury. So for me, if I had to choose one of these guys, I would go Tyler Johnson. Um, but I think it's going to be a bit of a boomer bust option for both of these guys. If, you know, Evans is also out, Antonio Brown's coming back. I mean, who would you guys take your shot on? And do you think it's reliable? Um, I, I kind of lean towards Scotty Miller. Cause I just feel like he has shown the, probably the better overall connection with Tom Brady over the last, you know, two seasons essentially, but it is tough. I mean, it ultimately comes down to the health of Mike Evans. Um, if Mike Evans and Antonio Brown are playing, then you don't want either of these guys anyways. Um, but if Evans is out, you have, I, one of them is going to, you know, pick up all those targets and all those yards and a, probably a touchdown he- here and there. And so you want one of them. I just, it's hard to say which one for sure is going to go be that guy. Yeah. I basically feel the same. Like I like Scotty Miller just because I've, seen more of uh like more chemistry between him and Tom Brady. So just because of that, I would lean Scotty Miller. Still a major toss up. 
<laughs> yeah, it's definitely going to be a a gamble either either week or with either guy. Um, my personal opinion, I feel like Scotty Miller is more of the big play down the field type, um, and Tyler Johnson could have more of a consistent role. But again, it's it's going to be tricky. Antonio Brown is obviously the guy you want um, moving forward in this receiving core, but. Um, you know, especially if Evans is healthy and active and playing and Brown is good to go, then things get real dicey with, with those two. Uh, but worth a stash and, and see what happens. You never know if, you know, what's going to happen at this point with COVID and injuries and all that. So um, last guy on the list here, Tyler Huntley, the quarterback for the Baltimore Ravens, rostered in 3% of leagues. Uh, Lamar Jackson, you know, is still banged up. Um, and Huntley really showed he could, he can step in and play last week against the Packers, uh, which wasn't an easy matchup, but he played really well and looked like a real true dual threat quarterback. Um, so how you guys feel about Tyler Huntley? I mean, I think in super flex leagues, two QB leagues, like if Lamar's out, uh, he can be played. Yeah, oh, yeah it, definitely. Go ahead, Dre. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I was just going to say, it, definitely, the dual threat running back or dual threat quarterback, and he's like a Lamar Jackson 2.0. It's almost a gimme. Um, what do you think, Irby? Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of agree. He definitely came out there and kind of looked like, you know, Lamar Jackson Jr., I would say. Uh, you yeah, know, not quite as good. <laughs> Uh, you know, not <laughs> he's not as fast, not quite as dynamic, but he still went out there, there and played. He showed that um, for this offense, you know, especially that he's probably the, the next best option in the entire NFL to play that role. So I think in, you know, if you're in a really crappy QB situation, you know, that he's a really, really intriguing play this week uh, as a, as a streamer or in, you know, two quarterback leagues, super flex leagues, things like that. I think he is a, a quality play. Yeah, yeah I'll I would add agree. to that real quick. I would look at the Bengals um, versus quarterbacks and the two times they, they played mobile quarterbacks. Um, they allowed Justin Fields to get 50 yards on the ground and they played the Ravens earlier this year and they let Lamar Jackson get 88 yards on the ground. So, I mean, they're definitely susceptible on the ground. Yeah, and he did a great job getting Mark Andrews involved. He had a big day. Um, you know, Marquise Hollywood Brown got a lot of targets. And um, so it's nice to see him be able to support those fantasy assets too. Um, you know, if Lamar is out, you don't have to sweat it as a Mark Andrews manager or anything like that. So, yeah, that's real nice. He, he's like a mini Lamar out there. Just uh, like you said, not, not, not quite as fast and dynamic, but he knows when to run and take advantage of the defense. And, um, he looked good. So he had thirty five points last week. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was he was the QB one on this on the <laughs> week. Yeah, crazy. I mean, and the nice thing, like him choosing one to run was very evident because he never like forced his way out of the pocket when he didn't need to. Uh, which is right. impressive to say for a guy who's only in his second season. When we saw Taysom Hill try to run out of the pocket way too early on way too many snaps last night. So, I mean it shows that he has a, a maturity that a lot of guys don't for how young he is. 
Um, and on both his rushing touchdowns, they weren't on designed runs. They were on scramble drill plays. So he knows what he's doing back there. Um, I, I think, honestly, if I was in a bad situation, I would, I would have not, I wouldn't hesitate to start him at all. Yeah, well, the offense is designed for his skill set. It's a very similar skill set to Lamar's. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it definitely seems like a, a solid start. Definitely. Yeah, who would have thought week 15, Tyler Huntley is your QB1 <laughs> on the week and Duke Johnson is your RB1 <laughs> on the week. That explains the whole year perfectly. <laughs> yeah, it's just absolute nuts. But um, that's going to do it for our uh, waiver hour show this week. We'll have matchups for you later in the week, um, going through every single matchup and yeah. giving you our starts and sits and our starts of the week. Uh, real quick before we sign off, I do want to mention this too. Yeah. Kate, keep a very close eye on the wave wire this week in general. With the COVID situation going on, the NFL added 47 players today alone to the COVID list, which is the most they have by far all year. That means that it's going to be a very fluid situation on who plays and who doesn't. So keep a very close eye on it for any of your starters and who their immediate backups are because you might want to be picking them up very, 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 very quickly. Yeah, we've seen handcuffs at every position become super valuable this this year. And I think this year, more than ever, people are reaching to add running back handcuffs like crazy. You know, I got a few lineups where almost my entire bench is just running back handcuffs, <laughs> but it's working. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, you definitely want to prioritize those guys. Yep. But, uh, yeah, that'll do it on that note. Um, thank you for listening. And, of course, you can catch us on Twitter at the FF Fathers. Um, and make sure to tune in later this week for all of our matchups and our starts of the week. We'll catch you all later. <laughs>